Hey y'all, it's Jen, your host of the Success Beyond the Lens podcast and CEO of Success Beyond the Lens, a business management and marketing company for photographers. On this podcast, I'm going to be giving you the actual tips and advice I use every day to run my clients' businesses. I'm also going to be interviewing some awesome professional photographers, marketing experts, Facebook ag gurus, and so many more to ensure you are running a well-rounded business. So grab your coffee or your wine or maybe a glass of water and let's dive in. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining on another episode of the Success Beyond the Lens podcast. I'm Jen, your host, and today I'm really stoked to introduce you guys to Adam Mason. Adam, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, thanks, Jen. I'm. Uh, it's feels so cool to be on somebody else's podcast and knowing that you're going to do the work and not me. So I'm excited. <laughs> yes, yeah. So tell us a little bit about you. I know you have the Bearded Tog podcast, which is phenomenal, and I just love your business so much. So let's dive into that for just a minute. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, the Bearded Tog podcast is kind of my entry point about a few years ago to uh, get into the education world kind of in a different way. I love podcasts and listen to a lot still to this day and uh, always been kind of nerdy, right? And, and prior to Serial, podcasts were only for nerds, really. Uh, and now podcasts are for everyone. And there weren't a lot of photography podcasts out there that were like honest, down to earth, kind of, you know, no thrills, uh, you know, content that photographers could listen to to find out, you know, hey, what should I know going into my first wedding? Or, hey, what should I do if I get a bad client review? Or, you know, or just about making it, you know, for making it looks different for everybody. And, you know, for me, part of my story, you've probably heard this is like, you know, I was raised in a small town by a single parent and I was kicked out of college. And now like, I live in a very expensive city and, you know, profit outside of last year, uh, six <laughs> figures in my wedding photography business, right? You know, like profit and I'm just so grateful and thankful that that happened and I work really hard, but man, if I can do it, I can't imagine what people who are smarter, prettier, better, uh, more driven, more disciplined than I can do. And I just want to make a case for photographers who, you know, they want to chase this dream that say, Hey man, if, if I can make it happen, you can definitely make it happen. And so, yeah, that's one aspect of my business. And then, yeah, I own and run Mason Photography, which is a wedding photography studio here in Washington, D.C., photographing kind of the more modern, eclectic couples. We always say wedding photography for the rest of us. Um, so that might mean different colors, orientations, genders, sizes, right? Uh, you know, if you don't see any big bearded people on wedding blogs, then uh, you should run away. Uh, that's <laughs> me, me, my personal view. And yeah, we love that. We love connecting with our couples. And, you know, my big thing is trying to create the most authentic work that works for them. I used to shoot a lot of work that was to impress other photographers. And I found that um, that was a recipe for burnout, right? Because you're always Absolutely. trying to please these people who aren't paying me, right? I'm, I'm pleasing these people who are not uh, doing anything for me. And I need to just focus on my clients and creating photos that are awesome for them and their story and where they're at. And none of them are models, right? So it's like, it's different every weekend. And I love what I do. Uh, love DC and hope to keep doing it, you know, hopefully for the next 10 years, if I can, maybe 13, we're looking to retire at 45. So that's my goal. And, uh, you know, so hoping to, to stay, stay there. I love it. I love it. So, okay. I have like, there were so many questions like bouncing Sorry, around yeah. in my head. No, I love, there's just so much to dig into. So the first thing I have to know is because I'm a small town girl, like literally, yeah. The biggest town I ever lived in was Fairbanks, Alaska. If that okay. tells you anything. Wow. So what small town did you grow up in? 
Yeah. So I grew up, uh, I was born in Lewis, Delaware, but I was raised in Georgetown, Delaware. And so, um, yeah, didn't see a Best Buy until I went to college. Didn't, <laughs> um, I'm not even sure I went to a Regal or an AMC movie theater until I went to college. Like we just oh had a goodness. local tiny guy. Um, you know, shooting weddings now in a diversity like DC, right, where we have huge, you know, Asian and Ethiopian populations and all kinds of stuff and politics and everybody. It, it's so crazy. Like I, you know, one weekend I'll shoot a you know, a Jewish wedding, right? We have a Jewish ceremony. And then the next weekend, I'll shoot like an Ethiopian Mels. And I think back to growing up and where I grew up. And I'm like, I don't even think we knew any Jewish people. I don't even think we knew. Yeah. I don't think we were friends with anybody who was a doctor, you know, right? And, and now like half of my clientele are in the health field. Like every weekend, mm-hmm. we, you know, we're like last weekend's was all ER nurses. And it's, um, that's so crazy. And that's why I love this job. So, uh, yeah, the small town, I definitely, it makes me appreciate what we have now. And, and the fact too, that, you know, we have Uber eats and stuff too. So that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) I still, I still live in a small town. We're about 30 minutes from the, the town that we visit and I don't get like good internet or Uber eats or like any of those niceties, but I'll take the crickets in the middle of the night. So (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Better than the gunshots and fireworks here, you know? So True. that's, uh, you know, or like we, we used to live in a house in DC where my wife and I, it's our first place we moved into. And it was really cool, industrial, 14 foot tall ceilings, studio apartment. And, um, but it had just windows around the top for privacy. And, <laughs> but anytime an ambulance or a cop rolled by our whole apartment would turn blue and red because it was like reflecting all the lights. Um, <laughs> So that made sleeping really great. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Sure. But at, at, at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like, it's the charm and we love it. It's like those TikToks where they say like, I love New York. And it's like a rat carrying a piece of slice. There's something about it. And and yeah, we still get some fast internet. So literally anywhere I look to live, I always check the internet speed because I'm like, if it's not gigabit, I don't want it, baby. You know? Yeah, no, I am. I'm right there with you. We're hoping to build in a couple of years. And I told my husband, I'm like, look. <laughs> We need to have a test before we build anywhere because I cannot yeah. deal like our speed is like 25 megabytes per second <laughs> at our house. Yeah. It's miserable. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So, all right. So you started, you got kicked out of college. I didn't get yeah. kicked out, but I've dropped out of three. So oh. similar. <laughs> I'm, okay. It's, it's great. Yeah, I know. So tell me about how you really got started on this path. Like you had to figure it out. How did you yeah. do that? And then we're also going to dive a little bit into our topic today, which is finding your why. So I think that's a good place to kind of kick it off. Yeah, definitely. So starting this whole photography thing, honestly, um, went to college 2007 to 2009 and, um, you know, for guitar, right? So not related to photography oh, wow. at all. And yeah, I was kind of studying music performance and kind of classical music and stuff. And um, it was cool, but I was a fish out of water, honestly, because of my small town, like even going to a small college, I was still like, this is all new to me and um, everything that was kind of happening. And so it just didn't work out. And I ended up uh, taking an internship with a humanitarian organization to, uh, you know, kind of do like food uh, distribution and kind of um, uh, hygiene training and kind of a few other odds and ends uh, in a country called Moldova in Eastern Europe. And I just wanted to do something that like wasn't about me, you know, for a while and just was like, okay, I'm going to do something that is not about me. So I can kind of help 
find what I like to do or what I want to do and kind of stuff. And I raised money to go and um, it was really cool. And I lived there for two months and our main person contact there was a photographer. And I just got to see him photograph people who had never had their photo taken before. And that was really cool. You know, selfishly, I was like, wow, that's, that's amazing. The photos were cool. He was a good photographer. And then two, you know, the impact it had on people who were there and telling them that they mattered and that they had value and that they had purpose and, uh, you know, that there was more to life than what was present, you know, and, uh, and even that they were beautiful, right? These are people who, um, this particular country and understanding the culture and understanding the background, like they, they knew we were Americans because we smiled. Right. And so it's kind of a different, um, they needed some people in their corner. And I saw that as a photographer, I could be that person and I could be in somebody's corner and both visually and tell people that they were beautiful and they mattered. And no matter what their waist size was or who they voted for or who they pray to or who they love, uh, that they could have a purpose. And I didn't know what it would be at that time, but I was like, that sounds cool. Right. You know, I was like, oh, that's, that's sweet. So I came yeah. home and I was always kind of techie into computers and stuff. Right. And uh, you kind of have to be to like do anything nowadays. Right. Can't just take photos. You have to edit them. You have to upload them. You have to whatever. I have to have a good Internet. And <laughs> yeah, so I came home and saved up my money, bought a camera and was really just shooting anything I could get my hands on. Right. When yeah. I started, it was like what everybody starts out photographing leaves or a cool rope or a fence, you know, where you're walking <laughs> around and then um, you're starting to shoot photos of friends and you're like, oh, these are kind of cool. But now looking back, you're like, these are kind of awful. Um, <laughs> right. And then, yeah, July or June 11th, uh, 2011, I shot my first wedding and I fell in love with it. And I was like, this is so cool. And I was just hungry for more weddings and hungry to shoot because of the things we just talked about, where like it's an opportunity to meet and see people I would never normally get to meet or see. Um, and so that was super cool. And, you know, went back to school, changed my major to digital media and communications. So uh, had more of a video focus, but that was really helpful. And, you know, finished, graduated 2013, got a full-time job here in DC doing uh, video production and uh, kind of media distribution for a large church. And that was super cool and was building up weddings on the weekends where I could, although I couldn't work on Saturdays, which is really tough, uh, <laughs> wedding photographers. Yeah. Uh, kind of an obscure because we always record the sermon on Saturday nights. So that was always tough. Um, but I was loving what I was doing and had the opportunity, looked at my math for that year. And I was like, OK, I'm going to give this a shot and see if we can do it. I was single at the time and had no no risk really other than like seven hundred dollars in rent and said, OK, let's uh, let's go for it. And uh, haven't looked back since it's uh, it's my 19th job and hopefully my last. Ah. That's awesome. So, okay. I want to go into your, you had the full-time job. You managed to build this business working Saturdays, which is unique in and of itself because I mean, hello, wedding industry. So talk to me, what gave you the courage? Yes. Yeah. What gave you the courage to, I know there is minimal risk, but it's still scary. Like you're still having to like step out on a limb and be like, okay, I'm literally doing this by myself. There's no net. There's like nothing going to stop, you know, me from failing at this. So talk to me what that looked like. How did you push through not only the fear, but also any type of imposter syndrome or your first failure as, as a photographer full-time? True. 
oh man, I've I failed so many times or learned hard lessons, right? And, and sometimes those are taught by clients or they're taught by people or situations that you've messed up, you know, right? Like I, uh, I always joke, I, for a long time, and a lot of people when they start out, we're very bad at boundaries, right? Because oh, we're like, hey, I, I'll book sure. anything and nothing matters other than booking. And then of course I started dating my wife and uh, she there was like a weekend we were supposed to go uh, visit some family in Texas. And, um, you know, it's supposed to be like a Thursday to Monday thing or Thursday to Sunday thing. And uh, I accidentally wasn't thinking. I wasn't good about my calendar. I wasn't intentional. And I booked a wedding on that Saturday in D.C. And it was my most expensive package I've ever done. And it was with a planner who I wanted to work with a lot more. And so I was like, I'm not not shooting this wedding and right. my my girlfriend at the time was highly pissed and uh and she <laughs> because the idea was now she was going to fly to go see family who she had never met and hang out with them for two and a half days and i would meet her on sunday a- after the wedding and um she was not a fan of that <laughs> yeah. rightfully so rightfully yeah. so um because i realized now too like oh that's not really stewarding her well and so um so now I try to do less mistakes like that uh, and make sure my calendar is good. Um, but yeah, honestly, having the courage to go full time, it, it was such a weird situation because the job I got, I'm so thankful I got it, but it was the job that everybody in my major wanted. And there was kind of a pipeline and they were like, oh, that would be so cool. That's the the dream. And I ended up getting it. And through a connection and having kind of a more mature portfolio than some of my other graduates, right? Because I was a little bit older, like a year right. or two. Uh, and I was hungrier, right? I was like, oh, I'm ready to get it. <laughs> and, um, you know, that was the gig where everyone was like, oh, Adam made it. Adam's the guy. And it, it brought me so much authority in the church world to where, you know, you get emails like, hey, how are you guys doing this? How are you doing this? And I was 23 years old. And I was like, uh, this is just what I think we should do, guys. You know, yeah. and I I knew leaving it would be a risk and was scary. But I was like, I have to try. And I'm stubborn enough to you know I, I i'm not doing well at working in the office uh with with like 75 coworkers. i was like uh and so you know honestly it was one of those things where i was like if we fail we can always get another job or i can always right. work at starbucks was kind of like my my joking standard in my brain and um you know honestly it was like okay let's take a risk and i gave my job a 10-week notice right because i was like hey you guys know this is my dream i want to see if we can do it and you know, let's just see if we can make it happen. And they were super supportive and they appreciated that I gave them such a long runway um, to to come off. And, you know, I told my mom, I remember calling my mom and saying, hey, I'm going to leave this job and uh, and pursue my dream. And she goes, "Ugh, why? <laughs> and uh, are you sure? And I was like, yes, I am sure. And, uh, you know, there were a few few Thanksgivings where I still got the, hey, you still doing that photography thing? you know, from right. friends and, and relatives. Yeah. And now I'm like, Hey, I am still doing that photography thing. And, uh, and they know, and, uh, you know, once we bought a house in DC, they were like, Oh, and I was like, yeah, it's and, like a uh, thing thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a real thing. Or they're, they like, uh, you know, they see me traveling, right. And it's opening up all these opportunities or, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I was like, it's a thing now people, you know, so it's, uh, but it's all funny. That's, that's a, just my ego, right. The chip on the shoulder. But, um, I think that gave me the courage to kind of go for it. And, and also too, I think um, some people are afraid of failure, 
And, mm-hmm. and this is obviously, I'm, I'm a very privileged, lucky guy, despite <clears throat> the things we talked about, like, you know, still white, bearded and male. And, uh, you know, right. And there's a lot of privilege that comes with that. Right. But, and so I, I use it to my advantage. I was like, hey, like, if I fail, like, I'm a good hard worker, like I can work for anybody. And, um, and so yeah, just kind of, kind of had to risk it for the biscuit, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. I feel like I start that every single time. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. I'm I, giving you I'm way too much. So no, I love, I love when guests like really dig into, into an answer because that's what you're here for. I can, yeah. I can spitball back and forth all day long, but to really hear your, your, the depth of your question and us to really get a sense of who you are and how you got started, I think is amazing. Also, yeah. I think every entrepreneur, if you're going to be successful, has to be stubborn because I know yeah. I'm like, my husband would say I'm more stubborn than a mule. So <laughs> I get it. Yeah, totally. It's bad. <laughs> All right. So I want to talk about finding your why. So if you were to give a potential new photographer, someone who's considering yeah. being a photographer or has been at it for a while and maybe getting burnt out, yeah. what, what does that mean to you? How would you recommend they go about actually finding a why that they can latch on to, to get them through the hardest yeah. seasons. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's one of those things where I wish people told people when they are starting their businesses earlier or told photographers this. And that's why I always started my podcast. Like the, even when I first started, right. You eventually you want to be liked, right? Like that's mm-hmm. part of our job is to get hired is to, is to be liked first of all. And then you want to make sure that you can be, competitive with your colleagues, right? Or people in your city or your town or wherever. And so you do a lot to kind of always be pursuing your portfolio. And it can get dangerous when you're creating work that is for the person who's not paying you. And oftentimes, eventually, you're not going to be able to, especially because Instagram or Facebook, like that's the only real place we're showing something where we're going to get feedback. Mm-hmm. Um you're going to post something or you're going to share something, or you're not going to be able to make the work that you think will impress other photographers at a certain wedding because of other variables or it rained or the bride was late or whatever. And, and you're going to feel empty because the thing that fills you is dependent on what somebody else is doing. And that's where burnout comes from is right. Is eventually you have too many empty tanks, right? And you're just like, Oh, I'm, I'm not having the the time of my life. And um, even myself, I kind of got to that point where I was, you know, I was making money, shooting 40 weddings a year in my city. Uh, and I was the I was an, just another vendor where I was shooting all kinds of weddings and there was no purpose or direction or intention. And it was cool, but I was even losing kind of my happiness or like, hey, like one weekend you're working with a really cool couple that you're like, oh, this is what I want to do. And then one weekend you're like, oh, this is like a this is cool, like a nice venue, whatever. Uh, but you're not really jazzed about it. And um, on one level, I would say like, hey, like it's work and this job is not perfect, but if it's what you want to do more than anything else, then you can still do it. And there's nothing wrong with those weddings. There's nothing wrong with like couples who don't align with you or vice versa. Um, But I went to a workshop with a guy named Robert J. Hill and I was expecting to kind of like, okay, it's February in Miami. This is a business write-off. I'll just go. I've heard some people talk about this guy and, uh, and my mind was blown. I came back and I was like, I had 2000 words of notes and I was like, what? 
And I was, I was probably one of the most successful photographers there, or most mature, if you will. Like lots of them now are all crushing it. Um, but at the time, they were kind of hoping this workshop would help them get there. And I was like, oh, I've already made you know X amount of money or hit those goals or whatever. Um, and so I wasn't really thinking we would come out with a lot. And I came out with so much. And um, it was basically like, if you're not doing this to fill your cup and fill fill your life, uh, you're just doing this for money. And money is cool, but it, it just... It doesn't make you happy. Like it can right. buy some certain stuff, but, um, and so, yeah, um, all that to say for, for kind of finding your why and finding your attention since that workshop, I really honed in. I did a lot of work, a lot of hard work on like, why do I even want to exist as a person in this world? What do I believe that I have that I can give uniquely to people, to other people? And that's unrelated to photography. The camera mm-hmm. is just the tool that happens to work with me for me to get that done. But the reality is like, even when I talked about it being my 19th job, but when I was making burritos, right, at most, and I was loving and encouraging and had a listening ear and helping people, right? We've all had a bad service experience. Um, yeah. I was still helping, you know, fulfilling my why, you know? And so over time, I kind of did a lot of work on what does it look like, you know, outside of photography? What do I want, you know, my headstone to say, right? What do I want my legacy to be? And that's what I think your why should be. For yeah. people, you know, because it's like, I don't want to impress other photographers. I don't want it to be just making a lot of money. I can make a lot more, you know, if I implemented some things in my business that felt kind of skeevy to me now. And it's like, what do I want life to be? And, and ultimately, that looks like being fulfilled. Um, and that's making what I want or what I need money wise while getting to shoot and work and live the life that is as close as possible to what I want to do. And so practically, practically what that looks like. I think it looks like maybe you don't have to get too crazy, but kind of defining, um, you know, who you want to be in the world, right? The way I had to think about it, because it's really hard to think of like, oh, what's your purpose? And you're like, I want to document couples in love. And I'm like, if you put that on your headstone, that's not really that cool. And two, I think like that is short-sighted. That's only photography centric. And it's like out of the 7 billion people in this world, what do you want your purpose to be? Like, who do you want to be in the world? Why do you exist? Why are you here? What is your value? Uh, Which can be kind of a scary question to ask, right? But what's cool is when you find your why and you find your value in the communities that you're in and the weddings and the couples and and it's communicated well through your site, which takes a lot of work and I'm still working on it, then there's no burnout. I'm fulfilling my purpose every single time I send an email to a couple or I'm showing up on wedding day and I'm encouraging or loving or whatever your why is. Right. And, uh, and that brings me so much more joy than a cool off camera flash photo or, you know, some kind of cool bokeh trick or something like that. And, and the cool part, right. Being fulfilled and finding your why is that my bank account ain't sad about it either. Right. I'm not against making money. You know, I'm not a starving artist kind of person. Um, and so, yeah, that's a really long answer, but practically it's like, uh, something that helped me was to think about the things I don't like or things about the things that I'm against in the world, you know, which might be big. That might be political or social or when was a time when, you know, we're getting really meta here, but when was a time when I was sad or or a thing I didn't like in life? And I said, I don't want that to happen anymore in the world, which is kind of idealistic. But I was like, OK, my favorite weddings are where couples can just be themselves and I can see that there is no fear in them. What does that look like? Well, for some couples, maybe that's just, you know, being lovey-dovey or feeling more comfortable on wedding day, right? They they can just be whoever they are and we're not putting them into my box as a photographer, right? They're not, they're not, they don't work for me, you know, 
they can just be who they are. And for some other couples, that might be raging on the dance floor and feeling free and feeling with there's no stress and there's no, um, you know, anything that maybe mom said the night before or maybe mom has said for all of her life. None of that. She's not thinking about anything of that on the dance floor. She's saying, I am me. I'm my fullest self. I am, you know, beautiful. I finally got a day where I don't have to preface everything I say or whatever. Like I can just be my bride or the groom or whomever. And, um, and that's super awesome. And sometimes that looks like just people just raging on the dance floor naked, you know, or whatever, honestly, like, (laughs) uh, and, and again, as somebody who's like not used to seeing that kind of stuff or didn't really grow up around that, you know, it can be kind of shocking, but at first it's like, I just want people to be who they want to be. If it's safe and fine and nobody's having an issue, like go for it. And, um, and that's just not the vibe that I, uh, had gotten a lot in my life. And, um, you know, also too, I realized like going back to how I started, can I be in somebody's corner? And so finding your why is thinking like, whose corner do you want to be in? And you might say, oh, it's a really small group of people. Like, uh, it's only 20 people I know or 20 couples or whatever. But it's like, you only need 20 couples a year anyway. Right. Right. Like you don't need a thousand Instagram followers to all be your clients. You just need 20, you know, or you just yeah. need 15 or whatever. Like if you get your math right and depending on the town you live in, I know photographers that shoot eight weddings a year for like four or $5,000. And they're like, great. I made a salary. I run really lean. I work two days a week and I'm happy. And I'm like, yeah. Dang, that is amazing. You yeah. Know? Um, and so, yeah, this is a really long answer. But yeah, <laughs> I think whose corner do you want to be in? And what legacy do you want to have in the world? And I think, um, you know, like one of my mentees, I'll give her as an example. She, a lot of my mentees, because I probably attract a type, you know, maybe they felt like an outcast other times in their life, or they felt unaccepted, or they felt, um, you know, things were too showy, right? That maybe they're not into that, or maybe... They want to be more intentional. And we basically came up with her why as it's like, I want people to feel seen and celebrated, you know, and that's not just weddings. That's in life. That's her personality. She wants to love on everybody. She doesn't want anybody. uh, She doesn't want anybody to be alone at the party at the roller skating rink. You know what I'm saying? Like she wants everybody to be there. And I always say this for my podcast too, is like, there's a lot of bickering and weird industry stuff and weddings and stuff. And I'm like, I want the biggest table we can find. And I want everybody to be there, Um, you know, and it's like, that's my, my why, you know, and like eliminate fear, create connection, right? Like I love connecting with people and help people become fulfilled. And it's, um, I wouldn't, if I didn't do the work on my why I wouldn't be here and yeah. where I'm at. And I wouldn't, it also too, for, people always think about like, Oh, finding your why it's so fairly, but it gives you so much purpose to like, you can't think of an Instagram caption. What do you believe? Yeah. Why do you believe it? What's a time that made you believe this? What is something you don't want your ideal client to feel sometime or vice versa? Like we can treat weddings as just this transactional relationship that happens every weekend and we get $5,000 or $10,000 or whatever. And we make some pretty photos and we deliver 632 photos on the gallery two, three weeks later. Uh, and maybe we get 10, 10K on Instagram, right? Like I just got 10K, right? After 10 years of doing this. Yeah. And it's like, it's a cool thing. But I'm like, I was the same guy at 9,999, you know, like I got swipe up and yeah, I'm going to abuse the crap out of it. (laughs) But um, it's like, it can be this really transactional thing or it can be like this. This is what I'm going to bring in the world. And what's cool about this, going back to your other question, imposter syndrome only occurs when you try to be like somebody else. Mm -hmm. 
right? Because you're bad at being somebody else. Right. You suck at being somebody else, right? Like we can only, we are the best at being ourselves. And when you are in tune with your why and you want to be yourself, imposter syndrome doesn't exist. There's no other animations around. Nobody else. You might have other people that shoot like me. Maybe their work looks exactly like mine. They're not Adam Mason, right? Yeah. They're not Jen. Like they're no matter who they are, who they are. Like that is the thing you have to focus on. And it's when we try to be like somebody else, which is hard because this is a hero driven industry. You yeah. know, we look at people for some people. I'm their hero, which I'm like, what? You know, or like, <laughs> like it's at the point, Jen, now where like locally, if I'm shooting at like one of the cool hot spots where other photographers are, they'll come up and say hi to me. And they're like, Adam, I follow your podcast or whatever. And I'm like, what the frick? Like, I am not ready for this. Um, because again, I'm just a boy from a small town, raised by a single mom, kicked out of college, man. Like, and now I'm just a guy married to a beautiful girl with a cat, you know, and like, that's it. You know, like, that's how I feel. But it's, um, I'm fulfilling my purpose, right? And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm getting kind of preachy here. But yeah, all that to say, once you find your why, it'll unlock everything for you. And there's just no ego anymore. And, and clients and couples, if you can communicate it well, they, they'll pay more for it. Yeah, you know, because it resonates with them. Yeah, I mean, it's anything like, um, like I'm I'm car shopping right now. We don't need a car, but I'm car shopping because I'm just I'm bored. And 2020 was awful, so like retail. Let's therapy. get a car. Yeah, yeah, let's get a car, right? And uh, and so I've been looking at a few different vehicles, and you know, there's the practical option, right? Like there is the even if we brought brand new, I'm going to get really nitty gritty here. The Kia Telluride SUV, Kia. He has the best warranty of anybody in the world. Like they, they are really hungry, right? They were really hungry to make great things. And that car looks cool. It's awesome. But then it's like, I kind of want the Land Rover Defender. The original <laughs> Land Rover from 1923. That was their original vehicle. It helped in World War II. Uh, yeah. The Queen had one, the Queen of England. Uh, it's used everywhere around the world. And the brand and what they do and rep- they, re- the Defender name represents resonates with me. How many of them are there in Iceland, right? We've all seen that cool white Defender in Iceland. And like, I love that. And I'm like, man, it's $50,000 more than the Kia Telluride. And I'm like, I could see myself paying for that. Not that we're actually might do that, but like um, when we need a car, I'm like, it resonates with me. Like, yeah. how does it feel? And I think that's something where this is another piece of advice I would give other photographers that they didn't ask for, but I will get this. If you're like me, or maybe you're like Jen, where we're getting to that point where we are not our clients, or maybe our background and how we grew up are not the same as the clientele that we're serving, right? So it might feel weird, right? It might feel weird to charge more or raise our prices or offer a package that is five digits, right? You book that first $10,000 wedding and you're like, whoa, let's go out to dinner. Um, And it's one of those things where it's like, but hey, if you know you're bringing the experience and you're bringing the bear, the brand and you're bringing something that really resonates with the right amount of people, not everybody drives a Land Rover Defender, not right. everybody, you know, like there are some people who are looking to go from A to B, but I don't think we want to be from A to B photographers. You know, I want people who want to change the world with what we do. And if you have a good direction and have found your why and can communicate that well, like welcome to the show. So. That was my preachy time. I'm so sorry. That's like half the show. <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't apologize. I'm loving it. One of the best tips I got uh, probably a, in the beginning of my business was, you know, when you first start, you fo- like you said, you follow like industry 
people. You know, you follow yeah. other photographers or for me, I followed other virtual assistants or business managers that I looked up to or, you know, those yeah. types of things. But one of the best tips I listened to, and I have no idea where it came from, was to unfollow like yeah. all of your industry people and yeah. follow the people you want as your clients. Mm. Yeah. You know, or like, or for wedding photographers, vendors you want to work with, venues you enjoy, planners you want to get to know. Yeah. Because when you surround yourself with other industry people, and there's, Lord knows, we all need business besties and know the, yeah. you know, people we need to chat with to like, oh my gosh, can you imagine that this happened at this wedding? Totally. But you want to be inspired by the people who you want to hire you. You want yeah. to understand what, what connects with them? What do they read? What do they listen to? What shows do they watch? You yeah. know, what pain points do they have or what experience do they have that you can write to, to attract those people? Totally. Yeah. Any kind of like ideal client kind of study stuff, I think is super helpful. Like that, I used to be a guy that was like, okay, yeah, like my ideal client is somebody who likes photos and has money. And <laughs> like, that's cool. But again, then you're putting yourself in the box of like, I'm just another vendor. Right. And it's like, okay, my ideal client is somebody who wants to make a change in the world. Maybe they have some more education. Maybe they're really empathetic. Maybe they, you know, appreciate nice things, but they're not a luxurious person. Right. So maybe they yeah. have luxury level money, but they don't they don't care about flexing on their friends. They care about flexing for fun or flexing for experience and uh, or flexing for fulfillment. And doing that work has really helped me. Right. Because again, like, People complain about like, oh, what do I write for my Instagram caption? I'm like, hey, write to your ideal client. Like mine has a name. Yeah. I know my ideal client's name. I know what she does and I know who her fiance's name is, right? Like these are made up people, but it's yeah. like, just write to them. What, what do they want to hear? You know, like what is that person who, again, the person whose corner you're in, what do they want to hear? What do they like seeing? And that too, that corresponds too to you, like curating your portfolio or like I used to blog everything, right? And now I'm like, hey. You got to show what you want to shoot, right? Your vibe attracts your tribe. And it's like, you know, it might feel bad to not put everything on the blog at first. I got one email from a mom that was kind of upset. Uh, but that's the only email I've got, right? Because like, hey, I, I can't call up Pepsi and be like, hey, why didn't you put my can of Pepsi on their billboard? Right? <laughs> my blog is for me. Uh, yeah. And obviously you have to be nice about it. But we haven't had any client complaints, right? And we try to make every client happy, um, even if they might necessarily be the one that goes on our website. So Awesome. We've dug into so much and I don't, I don't like being, I don't like frill on the podcast. So yeah. we've kind of touched on like top, <laughs> top tips for, yeah. for new photographers. We've talked about how you got started. Um, what's your cat's name? I'm a huge animal lover. So I just need oh, to know. Yeah. So we'll give you a little insight. This is the first public podcast we're saying this on. Oh, um, so, so, so you'll get to you get a bonus. So our cat's name is Penny. Um, so like we live in DC and like my wife and I spend a lot of time at this local park called Lincoln park and yes, like the band, um, but not spelled the same way. And, um, you know, so we wanted something that like, well, we weren't going to name her Lincoln, but we wanted something kind of like sub, you know, meta, meta, uh, interesting. And we're like, oh, Lincoln's on the penny. So we'll just name her penny. Um, so it was cute. But then we're also, uh, we're getting a dog and it's gonna be a little French bulldog, a little cute guy. And uh, in the same vein of going along with like the penny and the tender of like where our presidents and like historical kind of stuff. Yeah. Again, not that these people are angels by any means, but uh, right. That's the things I have to say in DC. Um, yeah. But we're going to name our uh, French bulldog. His name is going to be cash, which we think is super cool. 
yeah, we're really excited. So Penny and Cash, it's going to be awesome. And uh, we get him in a month from two days from now. So a month and two days, like, it's insane. I'm so. so excited for you. I, like, I grew up with dogs. Like, we had 13 dogs at one point. Whoa! <laughs> 13 dogs. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And and I currently have four dogs and four horses. Wow. So, like, I'm, I am an animal person. So I'm all kinds yeah. of excited. And Frenchies are adorable. Yeah, they're just so, uh, you know, in D.C., like we could have a bigger dog where we're like, no, we still get like a small to medium, but not a uh, I'm not an ankle biter guy. So yeah. any of the, any of the yapper kind of dogs. And then, uh, you know, it's our first one at, for my wife and I. Right. It's our first taking care of a cat is very different. She's like low maintenance, yeah. um, as I've learned. But, um, you know, having an actual puppy, like managing all of that, being like dog parents were we'll get into because both my wife grew up with dogs and we love them but uh you know i forget all of the puppy time so yeah yeah if if you need any tips to get through puppy time don't hesitate reaching out because i'm gonna text you about everything you're gonna manage our dogs you're gonna manage our va stuff like hi kayla we're hiring Jen. so I love it. I love it. All right. So I always like to wrap up the podcast. I first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for diving into everything so thoroughly. I sure. I really loved everything you had to say. I normally spitball back and forth, but you just covered so much ground. And <laughs> it's it's really really great content for the audience. So good. Yeah. I don't well, have no, anything. I, it's uh, it's one of those things for people listening. Like, it's um finding my why has helped me be this way and it's yeah. helped me really give you can hear uh, it in in how you speak totally you know i'm very different than who i was five years ago or 10 years ago and like um we all run that line to where do we want our brand to represent our life and i think if you want to find your why like i think that's the easiest thing to do um that's also where imposter syndrome can creep in right like if your photos aren't as good as the people you look up to um you can be like oh i have my why but like my worth is coming from what I do, which can be dangerous. And you don't want that to happen. But I think um, knowing that your why comes first and it determines like what you'll create and your satisfaction with what you make and who you are and who you're serving, um, you know, that stuff is super important. And, and again, my job has helped me in a really privileged and open, safe way, learn so much about the world and become more empathetic, compassionate um, about those who maybe don't look like me or vote like me or, uh, love who I love and all that kind of stuff or weigh what I weigh. Right. You know, like yeah. that's a, that's a big thing. And I want, uh, I want everybody to feel those, that love and, um, it, weddings are the way that I learn about it. And then I get to express it kind of through the world. And, um, it's cool. There's a lot too. sorry, we're getting off topic, but like, there's stuff where I don't feel comfortable showing it cause I never want it to be performative, but it's like, you know, depending on who you are and what you do, like I shoot a lot of nonprofit stuff that I don't really show. So like I have done headshots for, a nonprofit that helps um, formerly incarcerated women uh, wow. help them get jobs. So we'll do like headshots and stuff for them so that they can have like a professional headshot to put on their LinkedIn, right? We'll help set up their LinkedIn's for them and and kind of, um, you know, get have a place where they can get jobs or I've done like, you know, nonprofit marketing for organizations in Ethiopia, right? Like providing education and that kind of stuff or homes in El Salvador. And it's like, you know, photography helped me get there. You yeah. Know? Like that's so cool. And then it happens that, I get to learn and care about all these different people from all walks of life and everybody's struggles and um, where they get their news and everything and, and, uh, and have a more empathetic approach than just, than just writing somebody off, which is, I think is how a lot of people felt over the last few years. And so, but really for all of time. So it's, um, 
it's a big thing and it might not affect everybody the same, you know, and I've had some mentees who I've helped them find their why and they're like, okay, yep, great. Thanks. And then I've had some, uh, <laughs> some photographers who we find their why and like, we're crying on a, a zoom call, you know, and, yeah. um, cause it's a big thing when you think about like, who do you want to, whose corner do you want to be in, you know, and it, it can be really cool. But, um, yeah, I'll just, I just want to encourage photographers, especially this year too, where like, um, last year our industry took a beating, you know, and if you are still making it or you're trying to make it or you're working that full-time job, or maybe you had to get a job at Starbucks or something to help just make you feel more comfortable in that bank account, like congrats, you're still making it, you're doing it. And this grind is, um, we're not done and we don't have to be done. And I think, um, if you just keep going and keep pushing and doing the right thing. And if you find your why, like it'll happen, you know, because you'll have a purpose to what you're redoing. And then it doesn't even matter what what comes after that because you get to be happy. So yeah, that's my preacher moment for the day. I think it's incredible that you're able to, like you've taken this business and now like your why, like you said, it was, it's more than just photography and you've taken it and expanded it, expanded it into education and are helping other photographers find you know, their heartbeat in this place, like finding what corner they're going to be in. And I like, that's going to be the title of your newsletter. Like whose corner do you want to be in? Like, that's Mm -hmm. such a cool perspective on, on your, your business and being able to, to give back in the ways that, that feel good for you. I honestly, I don't see it as performative at all. I 100% think it should be part of your website or your newsletter or because that's those are things that people want to know like they resonate with that so much like my mom and I had a conversation a few weeks ago and she was just talking about like how millionaires are so like they're such tight like they can be like such tight wides and and this because I'm like no I am not I'm not claiming that I want to be you know quote-unquote rich or whatever, um, you want to call it because I want to have the opportunity to give back because I want to invest in, in things and organizations and people that I believe in, not because I just want to sit around in in a pile of money in my bathtub. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's like, you want to have a purpose, you know, and then absolutely. All right. So I always wrap up with three quick questions. So we'll burn through them as quickly as possible. So my first question is what is your favorite quote? Oh, so yeah, the, the number one that resonates with me is, uh, I don't know who it's from, but it's, uh, the more you sweat in peace, the less you bleed in war. And that sounds kind of like violent or whatever like that. But I, I just look at it as like, the more you prep and prepare during the easier times, uh, it'll make times when it's stressful a lot easier. Right. So it's like, absolutely. I remember when I started my job, like I was in college, right. And my only bills were my phone bill and like food. And, uh, <laughs> and it's like, man, I wish things were that easy now. And I wish we could go back to that. And I'm so absolutely. glad I, I did hard work then. Or like something I tell a lot of, um, photographers is like, if you don't have 40 weddings now, but that's what you want. Let's have a workflow that could serve 40 couples, though, just in case, you know, and let's let's prepare that and do the right thing now and, prepare, yes. and build the infrastructure um, in your business and your life so that you can support that. So that way, when you ha- hit 40, uh, you know, it like doesn't freak you out. And so yeah. that's super important. Definitely. So that is a perfect segue into yeah. the next question. What is your favorite business tool? Oh, honestly, it's so boring. Uh, 
I never did the CRM game for a long mm-hmm. time and it was like very organized uh, and did everything myself. And then uh, I got into, I tried all of them, at least that I could name for photographers. And I fell in love with Tave. Um, and so Tave is my number one business tool, organizing all my clients uh, between when a client inquires, inquires and their final gallery email, it's probably 29 emails yeah. um, that I send, uh, which sounds absolutely insane. Uh, but if they were like a full, full service client. And so um, Tave does all of that for me, just yeah. automates it, all of it, and still feels like it's coming from me. It's still authentic. Um, helps me just keep my workflow down, helps make sure I'm mailing packages on the right time and stuff, uh, getting addresses, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I love Tave. And I love it because, too, because now I can make like data driven decisions versus like feeling decisions. Like, oh, I don't feel like anybody's booking this year. Or like, I recently just went through the last month where I pre I'm preaching to myself where it's like, Adam, you know, that inquiries are down from end of May to mid June or right. May to June. Like nobody is really doing that. Uh, and then now like it's like 10 inquiries during this podcast from couples who are like ready to spend money, have the dates open are perfect. And it's like, Hey, you have to be patient. And normally mm-hmm. before I knew that data, I would immediately like, Oh, I'm going to lower my prices or whatever. Yeah. And now it's like, Nope, you got to rely on this. And so I'll just say, I love Tave. It's helped out a lot. That's awesome. That's I, I just had a conversation with a client a, few, a couple days ago. She was like, man, I feel like I'm slow right now. And I pulled up her reports. I'm like, actually, you're trending like 25% yeah. more than you were, you know, the same time. And she's like, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Last question. And it's my favorite. It's totally not business related okay. at all. So if you and I were to go grab drinks and we can take our spouses, to some place or not okay that's cool sorry babe i'm I'm just kidding (laughs) um where would we go in or wherever you want to go it can be dc or somewhere local um and what would we have Mm. so normally i would say i recommend something in dc but i literally a client of mine posted she's in new york city and i love new york um and i saw this like cool rooftop bar with a pool and then it's overlooking the Brooklyn Bridge. And I was like, what? And like, I've seen oh, lots dang. of in New York that are cool and lots of content. But this was like a thousand percent cooler. So I've never been to this place. Uh, I think it's called the Dumbo House. Um, and I don't drink, but I'd probably have some good French fries uh, you go. you know, or fried chicken sandwich. And then, uh, yeah, we'd be there at like right as the sun is about to go down and the twilight as the city lights yes. up. Yes. That's the the bomb. And I mean, if it's hot enough, I'm jumping in the water. I'm, <laughs> I'm pro swimming. Like a lot of fat dudes are weird about taking their shirts off. My shirt is off. Like, especially if the sun's out, I'm like, hey, or not not out. I'm like, hey, no sunburn. Let's go. So, right. Yeah. That, that's where we'd be. We'd be pool partying. Hey, I love fries. it. I have not been to New York yet. It's on the list for like, I really hope in the next couple of years. So yeah. that's fantastic. You got to text me when you're going to go. It's just a train ride up for me. Like it'd be a business ride off for me to come see you. So like, uh, you know, give you the tour, come hang out. Yes, the photos. Please. Like, it's a, uh, it's a great place. My wife and I, we went for Christmas one year and that was super cool. Like it was our first Christmas, like no in-laws or anything like that. Um, Those are the best. You know, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm finding out. Uh, we saw a Broadway show, you know, we did touristy things. Also New York in this, in the winter is just like magical and extra fun. Like it's colder. It's less, it doesn't smell like trash. You know, it's like sometimes New York can smell like trash. Um, so yeah, New York is magical. You definitely got to get out there for sure. Anywhere on the East coast, honestly. 
Yeah, I I do love the East Coast. I spent a lot of time in the Carolinas, but I need to make it a little okay. further north. I haven't yeah, made it definitely. north of DC yet, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot for you there. Awesome. Well, Adam, I appreciate you coming on so much. This has been such a fantastic episode. Where can our audience find you and hang out with you more? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to, uh, you know, provide another resource. So I'd say the number one place is our Facebook group. Uh, it's free to join. We host free workshops there every month. Uh, you know, I think some of our mutual friends helped me run that, which is super cool. So they can just go to togfb.com. So that's togfb.com. It's free. Lots of great resources all about finding more clients, getting more couples, SEO, Instagram, everything. Like I just, that's where I give a lot there in the podcast. And then secondly, I'd say, come say hi on Instagram at Mason photography. Um, I always answer every DM, every comment. I try to give you a resource or something if I can't help out. Um, and yeah, I just love chatting with people there. And uh, that's that's the best place to be me. So thanks for having me. I loved it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. And we will catch you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Success Beyond the Lens podcast. If you love what you heard today, could you do me a favor? Could you grab a screenshot of the episode and then send it over to your Instagram stories and tag me at Success Beyond the Lens podcast. I love hearing from our audience to see what you guys are loving. And if you really love me, if you could go over to iTunes and subscribe and leave us a review, I would appreciate it so much. Can't wait to talk to you guys next week.